two core construction, the podcast of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Today, I'm actually in Huntsville, Alabama, at the U.S. Army Engineer Support Center, Huntsville, or as it's more affectionately called in the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the Huntsville Center. I'm currently with Stephanie Woods. Stephanie is a registered interior designer from the Engineering Directorate of the Support Center here. Uh, Stephanie, welcome to Construction, and thank you for taking the time to sit down and, and do this interview with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for the opportunity. So, Stephanie, you're working on a project at Fort Sill as an interior designer. Fort Sill is in the Tulsa District AOR, and now you all don't have to go through us to, to do this type of work, right? You're without borders, and you kind of you get direct... Right direct requests from the installations? Well, so for the Huntsville Center, what we typically do here, most of us, uh, there's about 30 designers here, a little over 30 designers that support mainly furniture missions and interior design having to do with that. So we have, uh, for this Fort Sill project that you're specifically talking about, we have a furniture project going on there. So we, we work on a PDT that procures furniture uh, for installations all over the world. So you're right. We, we typically take projects that have come through the districts and actually, you know, look through the FF&E packages of that and make it a procurable package. How does somebody, I mean, we were talking earlier and you told me you were from Florence, Alabama. That's right. And you went to school at Auburn. Yes. Um, or Eagle. <laughs> I have to. You went, you went to school at Auburn. I and took then a you, vow that I would. <laughs> you, 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 had to, you had to get a warning. I had to going. do that uh, upon graduation. I'll, I had to agree. I'll give you respect for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you went to Auburn and you did your undergraduate. Was it What was your undergraduate? In interior design. In, yeah, okay. they've got a, a great interior design program at Auburn. Alabama does too. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's plenty around around the U.S., but that's where I went. It was amazing. I got a really great design background there. Um, and then I also did a, a graduate degree. I have my master's in building construction. So that was, that was always one of those things where I was, I was so close to graduating for undergrad. And I thought, gosh, if I was going to do anything different, it would be that. It would be building science. And so I was so lucky that the Corps gave me an opportunity to actually earn my master's in construction management there also at Auburn. So I just, I can't believe how fortunate I was to do that, but it's been wonderful. Well, that, that, that's really neat. That's interesting that, so you, you went through that um, education program that the Corps has for your master's. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up working for the Army? Because you, you must have been thinking coming, I mean, yeah. you have this, we all have these like sort of preconceived notions about sure. things. So, and then you're like, there's this job at, for the U.S. Army Support, Engineering yes. Support Center. How did you end up? How does here? that happen, right? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> when um, you know it's funny because I there are so many times I guess in in all of our lives I've been just so fortunate. Um, I would love to say you know yes I worked hard right and I would love to say that that's what got me all the opportunities but the truth is I was really fortunate along the way. <laughs> so when I was graduating from Auburn in undergrad, I had a mentor pull me aside and say, why do you want to go to Huntsville? You, it's really, it's too sleepy. You need to go somewhere else. You need to go, you need to be thinking about Nashville or, you know, maybe Atlanta. You need to, you need to go some, and I, I said, you know, I just feel, I just really love Huntsville. It's got a cool vibe. I think it's going to be something someday. I think I'm going to have opportunity there. I'm going. So she actively tried to talk me out of that. <laughs> and so 
against her wishes, right? I came to I came to Huntsville. I got a job at an architectural and design uh, firm in downtown Huntsville, which was so much fun. And I absolutely adored it. It was a small business. Everybody was really tight. We pulled together to make things happen. I mean, it was just, I got such a great foundation and introduction to design working there. And one of the things that we worked on were government projects. We did a lot of commercial. We did some educational, some healthcare, but we worked on a lot of government projects really right out here at at Redstone Arsenal. And so I had put together some of those CID packages, you know, for the structural interior design as well as the FF&E package that goes out. And, and when I, you say FF&E, mm, sorry to interrupt. Oh, you. I'm what, sorry. What does that what, what does that mean for people who may not know the Absolutely. Acronym? I guess I have worked for the government okay. long enough to just throw out those acronyms, right? <laughs> no, we all do it. So it's yeah, it's a fixtures, furniture, and equipment. Okay. So really what you're looking at typically for administrative type facilities is all of the office furniture, your training, and, and all of that. So all of the furniture that's going to outfit that facility has got to be specified and, and developed so that we ensure that there's competition and um, that it's going to work for the end users. Okay. So you you ended up coming to work for the... Yeah. Yeah. That's so center, I, right? I worked with, um, for those projects, those government projects at the arsenal that went through mobile district. So I was working with a couple of designers there. They would review my work and everything. So I got kind of a little more, um, a, a little more information about what happens on the government side. And I was interested and, you know, how does everybody get a job? A friend, a friend of a friend and, and that sort of thing. So I first took a position as uh, a contractor and worked supporting the the furniture team. I did that for a year, and then 2011 started here as a as a full time government employee for the same thing, doing furniture mostly. And what are some of the projects you've worked on? Because I, I we'll get into the one in, in for at Fort Sill a little bit later. But what are some of the other projects you've worked on around the country? Uh, so we typically do well. So for furniture in in general, right? Um, for the furniture team, we typically do about 150 to 200 projects a year. Wow. Every year. So we're all over the place. I mean, it is, um, it, it, we, do, we do not have borders when, when it comes to that. We have researched uh, difficult electrical requirements for um, places like Camp Zama. We have, we have worked uh, all over Europe. We have worked all over the States, obviously. Um, even in tiny Diego Garcia, we're doing mm-hmm. barracks projects there where we're buying furniture for those barracks places. So, um, really all over. And it's a, it's a great opportunity because, you know, it's one of those things where as an interior designer, I could support government projects, right? Working for an A and D firm, but the position that I have here allows me to directly kind of give back support um, the servicemen and women, the civilians that work for the federal government. And I, I, obviously, I hope, I hope you can hear that. I take a lot of pride in that. And really, every, all the designers I work with, every designer I've met across the core, uh, district designers, we all take a lot of pride in that. And so it's so much fun working with a group of people that, you know, we get to use our talents and our education and our experience to support this way, but they're also equally dedicated to advancing the profession. So I feel really fortunate to, to work here and work with the people that I do. It, when, we, when we go into a building, whether, you know, <clears throat> into a government or military building, right, and we don't really think about 
the thought process that goes into, you know, the design or the right. layout of where the furniture is and why there's a desk here versus here or, right. or a cabinet here versus here. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the, the, the importance of that, of, of how that works, of, of designing that layout and deciding on what furniture fits that layout appropriately? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the main mission of any interior designer is to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the end users. So we have, um, you know, for instance, one of one of the easiest things to think about that I, I, or to point this out, I don't think a lot of people consider is all of the workstations, all those powered workstations that you see. We're in a in an office right now with wood case goods, but just through the windows you can see all these you know paneled workstations. So those are all powered. So that all has to be coordinated with the electrical for the building and. Quite simply, if it's not coordinated or coordinated correctly, it's not going to work, right? So, and that's always going to end up costing the government more money. So, obviously, that's something that we're always focused on. We want it to work. We want it to work the first time so that we try to, you know, we're good stewards of the taxpayer's dollar. And, um, it, you know, and then down to the finishes. The finishes have to be appropriate. The styling has to be appropriate, um, you know, the furniture team, uh, obviously, I'm the team lead of the, of the furniture team for the designers, so that's my main focus. We also have a team lead here, Carol Elder, that supports um, medical designs. We have several designers that support the medical uh, design as well. But here for furniture, one of the things really that kind of that started this program here, this centralized furnishing program here, is that MCOM, Installation Management Command, uh, years ago in the late 90s decided mid to late 90s decided that they wanted to really standardize they started seeing that if when I'm going into um, you know and an army barracks is how it started with the barracks side of the house um, when I'm going into a barracks in you know Fort Sill versus one that is in you know whether it's at Joint Base San Antonio something like that you've got uh, there's there's great differences between that furniture because at the time people that were working there were kind of other duties as assigned they were trying to um, develop these requirements and coordinate the the installation of it and it must have been a nightmare right and so you end up with not only is that very difficult and probably time consuming probably spending a little more money than than is strictly necessary or maybe you're not spending enough maybe you're going to you know, the the local office store and picking up a chair that's going to last you about six months, you know. So Installation Management Command said, no, I really want to standardize. I want things to be appropriate. I want um, it to be durable furniture that's going to last. And they came to us. We were, we were fortunate enough to get that work to develop some standards. So we've got, um, we're going to make sure that you get a decent Pro, you know, product that is going to hold up. We're going to make sure that wood case goods is appropriate for your higher level folks. You're going to make sure you get that for the folks that that's not necessarily appropriate for. We're going to make sure that we're looking for workstations and, and metal laminate desks or maybe laminate case goods. There's all sorts of things. So we really, um, like I said, we take it really seriously. We want to make sure that it's appropriate for the space, that it's the, uh, the best use of the space. And um, that it's right for the government as well. We want to make sure that we're getting the most value out of out of that effort. So the Army looked at it and they were saying, well, it's not fair that my platoon sergeant is taken away from doing management and leadership functions right. with his people right. or her people, and then they've got to 
<clears throat> go in and try to measure rooms right. and figure out, well, how many desks can I get in here? Right. And exactly. they may not be thinking about it in the same, in the right. same way that, that someone who, who works in that area thinks right. about. And, and so I know you probably get this question a lot. There's, there's the feng shui thing, right? Like I bet you get that. <laughs> so how do you incorporate that? Or do you incorporate that? Or is that has to do with flow, right? Sure, it does. It does. I would say that while we don't necessarily consider feng shui in everything that we do, we we do make sure that the space layout is appropriate. We want to make sure that we observe the the applicable codes and requirements here. We want to make sure that everyone, regardless of ability, can can do what they need to do, whether it is, um, you know, they can work in the administrative office that they do without any issues here and have appropriate furniture for them, or um, whether it's appropriate for some of these, you know, really tall folks in, in the Army, you know, or in the Navy. So... We've uh, we we take it seriously. We do a lot of a lot of research to make sure that we can um, we can provide the furniture that works best for them. And um, within all of the regulations that go along with government, got to make sure you have competition. Got to make sure it's you know you're not gold plating anything, but also that it's durable. So right. there's a lot of back and forth there. But um, but it's just like everything else. You know, it's if you have somebody that specializes in that. Um, first of all, it takes it off of your plate, right? If it's another duty as assigned, takes it off of your plate. And um, you, start, you start building those lessons learned, and you get better at it. You know, our program, we buy so much furniture that you may not see those, those savings realized if you're buying it for one, if you're one person, you know, or one group trying to acquire this furniture for one installation. But you're probably going to see that if you've got... Um, if you're buying so much furniture, if we do so much work, um, you're going to, we're going to realize some savings there above and beyond what the GSA savings are. And I guess assuming an employee has adequate space to do their, their job function in the office, I think the, if I'm, if I remember correctly, like one of the, the most important issues to employees that affect their, their work environment is simple question of like, well, where's the break room? How far is it from my sure, desk? Sure, wayfinding. Right? Yeah, yeah. So can you talk about that? Like how do you, sure. how do you, what are you thinking about when you're designing a space, when yeah. you're looking at the room and you're saying, okay, here's, here's what I have. Do you know the number of people that are supposed to go in there first? Or? Yes, of course. Yeah. You've got to have some of those basics of how many people are using this? What are they using it for? Um, how are they using the space that they're in now? How is that working or not working? You know, it's really just a critical thinking walking through it. But it's very that part is is routine. You're kind of you're kind of stepping through the steps, right? Kind of walking through the steps of how how can I make this work for them? But what is intuitive is that you know the built environment does contribute to the satisfaction that some that an end user gets from that space so uh, you know certainly it contributes to the you want you want people to have pride in their in their space you everybody you know like I said we've we're we're very serious about how we want we want this to of course it's you know it's federal it's for the federal government we've got to be responsible there but we want you to really enjoy it we want you to appreciate it we want you to take some pride in it so certainly um you know, we're looking at 
you know, it's not to downplay finishes, right? Because everybody thinks interior designer, they immediately go to finishes. Finishes is an important part of what we do because, but it's the icing on the cake, right? It starts with that, um, that requirements gathering and, and really working through with the end user what could work best here. Um, and certainly wayfinding too. I mean, we've got, you know, signage uh, contracts that we put together as well sometimes to help people find some of those basic spaces, you know, and, and just kind of have ownership of it, uh, get comfortable in a space. And your group does, you, you do the purchasing, you do the designing, um, and what other functions fall into into that into that realm that yeah so we we do a lot of things for a lot of different projects so we do have design projects that are um you know we've got an effort right now for cos uh, we've got uh, marcia jackson leading that here where she's looking to um working with scott wickett headquarters she's looking to take some of these cos designs center of standardization designs and um you know, really kind of marry what we know about the, what, for instance, what MCOM will, will support, what they will pay for, and what they, and what their expectations are with the, with what the end users are wanting or what the design is, is already there. So we're looking for ways to use our expertise to really save the government money to standardize that project, you know, that, that product that you get and the expectations that you get. We don't want to recreate the wheel every time. You know, we don't want uh, a, you know, designers that work in the private sector, A&D firms that are doing the government projects like I did. We don't want you to have to try to recreate the wheel. We want to provide as much as possible because that's going to save money over the long run. So obviously, you know, that's a, that's a big consideration for us. Um, do you, it, w- with a new building, and I know the center of standardization plays into this as well, with a new, a new structure, I was actually talking to some of our, our design people last week in Tulsa, and um, they were talking about designing the electrical and, and mechanical and control system stuff and fire, where everything goes, and they were showing me some of their, their plans. But in general, there's a, a standardized layout for a certain type of building, whether sure. it's a... Uh, child development center or, right. or a barracks or a or whatever mm-hmm. um, do they typically at what stage in that process is the interior design team brought in is that at the very end or do you all have input along the way because I know deviations can exist if it's necessary absolutely right? yeah so at what what stage do they bring you in and and how do you work with them well, so one thing I want to point out, and, and maybe I wasn't clear enough about this, there is, you know, a lot of these designs um, for actual facilities are coming through those district designers, mm-hmm. whether they are creating them or whether they are reviewing them. Okay. Um, so it's it's not just me, right? There's or it's, it's not just Huntsville, where we may be designers that are brought into the process, but we probably are not the only designers brought into the process. So... We've, we've got people out in the districts that are working those MILCON projects, and they are, like I said, working really closely with the end users and trying to develop those requirements that work for them. And then at some point, it will be transferred to us for acquisition. So we do have furniture acquisition that happens, and we may not see that until it's a, it's a fairly put-together design, and it comes to us. Um, but we also have projects where we are out there doing the design for people you know we've got um we've got folks that just reached out from um you know from 
overseas from Israel that we're that we're supporting and um, really cool project. Got several buildings that that kind of go in this one project. It's it's great. So we do a lot of things. The center of standardization. Now, when you're working hand in hand with the COS folks, obviously that's not for a specific installation. That's just in general. But yes, we have. Um, as I said, Marsha Jackson, her team are working with um, the COS. They may get the standard design, and then they're going to marry it with what we have seen in the past for furniture acquisition to build some of these required documents that can just be used over and over. So that, again, we're not paying for that every single right. time. Um, so it really depends on the kind of project that you're working and the kind of program that you're supporting. Um, would de- would determine kind of when we when we where we're introduced what stage in the process. You're right. Introduced? right right have you all ever done any project have you ever worked on any projects in uh, at like Fort Hood or oh or? yes yeah we have we have several projects every year uh, yeah. for Fort Hood we've got um, we've got some battalion headquarters going on we've got uh, that actually should be installing now we've got some uh, certainly barracks projects, obviously, with it being such a major training installation, you know, you're going to have a lot of barracks projects for that. So uh, we're certainly buying barracks furniture um, for Fort Hood. We've done quite a bit for, for Hood over the years, or with Hood over the years. You said Navy earlier, and it kind of caught my attention. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, people typically think um, like ships and birthing areas. And right, I, right. You don't get into that world. But, no, no, we but don't. But you do do you do some like naval air station work, or well, so yes, uh, we you know what people may not consider, and what I don't think I would have considered beforehand, is that they also have barracks, and um, they've got plenty of installations that they've got plenty of buildings where they house these folks, and they do um, their training there. We've got. Uh, we do a lot of the Navy. We work with CNIC to do a lot of the Navy replacement projects. So while new construction may go to NAVFAC, we're doing a lot of the, the furniture design and procurement for the replacement projects for Navy. So, And it's been such an amazing program because, uh, you know, the requirements are, are different. They're different, and the the entire program is different. You know, what they're allowed to have is different um, than than Army may be. Um, you see that sometimes with, with Air Force Two, although we don't have as many Air Force projects right now, we've got a few, you know, that are that are popping up. We've um, got Kirtland Air Force Base, same thing. If you get it's just amazing to realize there are there are so many ways to support servicemen and women. Um, as well as obviously civilians that are working for the federal government, just and it's all right here in little Huntsville. You know, not all. A lot of it is right here in Huntsville, Alabama. You can do that right here from Huntsville, and um, it's just such a great opportunity. I don't think I would have gotten the opportunity working at any other private sector architectural firm to work on as many projects as I have been able to working for the Corps. What is your favorite part? Is that your favorite part? Because it sounds like the, yeah. the supporting that that mission is, is extremely Absolutely. You, you know, it's – okay, I'm going to get mushy, right? It's, it's ridiculous, but I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> my absolute favorite part of this position – there's a lot of things that I like, um, but my absolute favorite part is being able to improve a specification – for something that is actually going to make a difference 
for another person. That is so much fun. You know, the if you are working in barracks, if you're writing a spec, if you improve a mattress specification for in, in barracks and you're buying them better mattresses, more comfortable mattresses, you have actually made a difference in that soldier uh or I should say serviceman's life, you know, you are, you're actually making a difference. You improve a pillow spec, it matters, you know? And so it's not just one project. It's, you know, thousands of people that you've had, a, you've, you've had a little bit of influence over. Um, you've been able to support in a way that you probably wouldn't have otherwise, you know? And that, um, that reach is something that I, I just can't imagine I would have gotten that anywhere else. So I, I do, I, it is, it's my favorite part, you know, it's, it's going in and saying, Hey, these are, you know, actually, actually, this is a whole lot better than what I've been getting. This is pretty cool. You know, that sort of thing. It's so silly, but it means so much to hear that when you're out on the installation and you run into some of these end users and they're saying, yeah, this is great. You know, if they're blown away, that's amazing. You, who doesn't love that feedback? <laughs> you know, you were talking about your mentor or it sounded like this was your mentor who was telling yes. you to go to Nashville or go yes. to Atlanta or, I mean, and I guess their hope for you sort of was that you'd end up designing right uh, homes maybe that would appear on, I don't know, like a television reality show <laughs> drama or something. Is that kind of, you know, that would be like, you'd see the nice, the nice, uh, the nice living room in the background while these the people wow while these people are throwing wine glasses at one another or something. Is that? I hope that was not her intent. I th- but I, think, I mean, like, yeah, I that, think that that's a big deal in in that industry, right? Like that well, you get you you get to see your product on you TV. Get this, and, yeah, you get the reveal and and all of that, right? It it does seem to be what people think of for interior design, but man, there's a lot of pe- people out here that um, men and women that are interior designers that are, you know, we're, it's, it's still a very technical job. And um, certainly, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect and admiration for folks that are in residential interior design, Mm -hmm. um, meaning for individual homes. It's always interesting to me when I go into a, um, even like a, a, whether it's a boutique business or a corporate business mm-hmm. um and like you walk in and and you almost attribute that design to the the people in the building versus right. the actual interior design you don't sure. think about the person Absolutely. who designed that like Absolutely. they it, but you sort of a, a true like wow they've got that's an interest they were smart to put this in that's you know and you somebody's don't they don't baby get... <laughs> that's right that is somebody's baby but and and yeah, and, and I guess I shouldn't have like directly went straight to the residential or family thing, but um, even in the corporate world, though. But you, you're still doing this for the the government. And right. what what about that difference between maybe doing it for a business versus doing it for for the, the government, the, the the military and mm-hmm. the government? And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just for me personally, <laughs> it is so much more rewarding. Um, you know, one of the one of the coolest projects that I did for the um, architectural and design firm that I worked with that I loved. Um, one of the coolest projects that I did um, was cool for some of the same reasons. I loved it for some of the same reasons we're talking about. It was a technical college in South Alabama, 
and I got to be there. They had this um, this fun, you know, it's kind of their their wreck area, and we got a lot of rain to just kind of do what we wanted to do in there. And I got to was invited to you know this big open house. It was the the coolest thing, the most rewarding thing was I got to be very quiet and just kind of walk around while other people experienced it for the first time. And that was so rewarding. It was so much fun because, you know, it, you, there's, it's, it's students, you know, it's young folks, and they were so excited to get this, this new facility, you know, and they took so much pride in it. It was such a cool thing to be a part of that. And I feel like I get a taste of that with the core because, you know, again, if you're everybody, everybody wants to work in a space that they think is cool. You know, everybody does, whether they admit it or not. Everybody does. Um, everybody wants to lay their head on something that's comfortable. You know, <laughs> um, it just it matters. It contributes you know, the built environment contributes to that quality of life. And so it's a, as a respect, you know, with respect to that that um, I find so much enjoyment out of it. But but it's true. It's um, I, I definitely find that, and I, I get a lot of, um, I don't know, positive feedback. I get a lot of positive reinforcement, I guess, working with, with the government because you're, you're, you're providing these hopefully cool, cool spaces, cool products to somebody. Hopefully it works for them, right? But you're also doing it with a bigger mission of I want to make sure that I'm a a good, you know, using a good steward of the the taxpayers' money. I want to make sure that I'm doing what's right, what makes sense um, for the federal government, and therefore for me, for others. Um, it's just, it's for me. It's easy to find a lot of pride in in that kind of work, and I think it's that way for really every interior designer I've ever met with the core. I mean, the the ones I work with here at Huntsville, the district designers out there in the field making things happen, we all take a lot of pride in that. So I'm I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about it. Yeah, it's it, it's so I was wondering before we sat down for the interview just how you would approach this. Like I wasn't cuz I I've never met you before and sure. And when I was I was speaking to uh, your PA team here, and they were saying, "Yeah, we have interior designers," and I'm like, "I've got to talk to one of them. I just want to talk <laughs> to an interior designer." That I, I had no idea that was even a thing in 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 USACE or yeah. anywhere. I, I I figured we just like everybody was contracted out, or sure, sure. you know, like um. So I was really curious, like what. Like, how, do, how does that even, how do you even find out about that? You know, yeah. how do you even find out that job exists? And then it, it, it is, it is interesting. Like, there are things that, that are out there that you don't know about. And if you were, if, if you were trying to speak to a class of interior design students, mm-hmm. and I mean, I imagine the demand in such a small group, because there's, there's only like 60, about 60 of you in the core, right? Yeah. And yeah. then about 30 or so in the... That's right. A little over 30 are here in Huntsville, uh, about a little over 60 in the core. There's a few working in project management, a few interior designers working in project management across the core, both here and elsewhere. Um, but yeah, if, if I was speaking to a group... Yeah, and you, were at, and you were trying to convince them why they should, or at least the cream of the crop of them, why they should come to the right, core. Right. What would you What would you tell them? What would be your... 
what would be your your um, sales, uh, pitch. sales pitch? Yeah, yeah your fifteen second elevator yeah. speech, as they say. Oh gosh, wish I had something prepared. I would, you know, honest to goodness, what I would do is I would look at them and say, get as much experience as you possibly can, um, but consider the government because you. I have gotten so many opportunities. Uh, working for the Corps of Engineers that I wouldn't have gotten elsewhere um, in a lot of places. I have, not only do I get to work in projects all over the world, and you get to travel to some of those sometimes, which is pretty cool, uh, but I, I get to make an impact on thousands of people. Isn't that cool? You touch something that is going to impact um, hundreds or, or thousands of people. You know, that's that's a really cool thing to be able to do. Use your talents and your education and to get that experience in supporting this. It's a bigger mission. It's so much fun to be a part of something, a small part of something that is so much bigger than you, but it's important, you know? And so there's so much opportunity, the education, the master's degree, you know, the course always, um, there are always opportunities out there to further your education. Um, take advantage of that. You know, you may you may not get that everywhere. Um, it's it's really to me, it's a no brainer. You know, and I, I get that it might not be for everybody, but wow, it's a great opportunity. That I think most people would appreciate. You were talking about Camp Zama Japan mm-hmm. and Diego Garcia, and mm-hmm. uh, where are some of the places you've you've actually been able to travel to? So I haven't. Uh, let's see, I've traveled. Um, well, for the core, I typically, so as a team lead, most of the time the designers that are that are working with those projects are actually going to those places. I've been to plenty of places in um, all over the continental U.S., but the designers that I, on my, on my team, have been everywhere. They've been to Korea, they've been to Europe, they've been to Japan, um, They've been all over. It's a really great opportunity. If you want to do this, it's cool. I've gotten opportunities for, you know, while working with the Corps to support things where I traveled once or twice a month to D.C. and um, to do live updates for Revit. So you're pulling up the drawings on the Revit screen. You got it, you know, projected. And here you are. You're making all their live updates right there. And you're working with 14s and 15s to do it. It's so exciting. That is so much fun. <laughs> so why wouldn't you take advantage of that? You know, right. it's a cool place. It's a cool place to work. Have you had the chance to serve any any non-military agencies at all? Um, or have you worked mostly with DOD? Mostly it's DOD. Okay. Yeah, mostly it's DOD. I, I do know, like, we, we have quite a few missions that touch other agencies sometimes, whether right. it's Department of Energy or, right. you know, uh, even DHS. But um, is there is there a project that you worked on that you were like, that that surprised you the most about like, wow, this is, we have this? Or, or where you were surprised that, that we even did a particular mission? Or that... that... Sure, I can talk in generalities. Okay. Um, there are, there are some very secure facilities that we've worked on and there are very specific requirements for the workstations and specifically the data being run through there and a sep- you know required separation um, to ensure that those folks can work safely once they get there um, and that is always fascinating it is so much fun to be in a group of people that are 
so sharp and so important to the federal government. You know, it's, it's, um, to me, those are some of the most fun things to go see. Awesome. What have I not asked you that I should have asked you in this interview? Because I know there are things that you, you wanted to talk about and well, I think I'd like to talk a little bit more about the structural interior design part of it that that some of these district designers are doing. Okay. Um, so typically, you know, I think I think people think interior design and they think, okay, finishes. They think um, maybe they think furniture, probably not. Um, but the structural interior design is everything on the interior. It is you are you know, you're doing wall details, you're doing, uh, flooring details, water faucets, right? All of it. You're, you know, there's a lot of things that you're, you're doing, um, that, that interface with other disciplines that are very technical jobs to do. It's, um, you've got people, you know, of course they're, they're selecting finishes, but they're also working on the reflected ceiling plan for the, for the ceiling. They're making sure that the lighting is coordinated with the sprinklers, with, the, you know, ducks that are up there, um, you've got, you've got a lot that goes into this. It's a very technical, uh, technical career. And, uh, I think if I could do anything, I would, I would like to advocate, <laughs> I'd like to educate some folks that, the, that that's the case, you know, they're, these are, um, you know, these are well meanings, very, these are very um, technical people that are, are trying to make sure that they do, um, that they provide a, a space that works, that's functional, but also, a, you know, impressive to be in, enjoyable to be in. Um, how, much, how much interaction do you have with the, the facility managers once we turn over the keys, if they have like a... Um, yeah, a furniture or or yeah. uh, or or furnishing issue. Yeah, absolutely. So we do. We, we there's lots of people that um, you know if if there's a, a warranty issue, you know they're concerned about this that or the other. They're concerned. Hey, this isn't um, working as expected. We're we're having an issue with this. They'll reach back, and um, you know especially if it's after the QA period. So the furniture's been installed. We've gone. We've looked at it. We've made sure that. What's on that contract is what you actually got and what also works for you. But there might, like I said, might be warranty issues in, in the future. So we do hear from people. Um, typically, our project management folks will will hear from, from those facility managers or technical representatives if it's barracks, and will follow up and help support however is needed, you know, um, to make sure that they get something that works for them. What, what about... Um... Are you aware of any new or interesting things that are going to be coming into the, into that? I don't know. Any, any, are you seeing any trends and things that, that we're maybe purchasing for FFE or whatever that, uh, that, that maybe aren't, aren't as, um, you don't see in, in older designs? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. Furniture is like every other, um, every other kind of design there's trends and, um, it's been so impacted lately by, uh, as everything has been, as we all have been to our core <laughs> because of COVID. So before COVID, you know, things were, let's, 
let's get as many people in here as we can. Let's, you know, let's pack the space. Let's, let's make sure we get, uh, you know, the best use of the space for space planning. And you saw a lot of, a lot of, you know, typical workstations where it's paneled workstations. After COVID, after COVID, um, we've really, design has really changed. We're having people that are asking a lot more about, you know, separation and focus on the environment, um, meaning the, the built environment, meaning can I, you know, uh, I want this place, maybe we're here, maybe we're teleworking a lot, you know, we're here a couple of days a week, but I want it to be really pleasant for these people when they're here. I want to make sure that they get sunlight throughout the space, you know. Um, there's a lot of benching that you'll see now, which is just a different kind of furniture, um, not so much with the paneled walls, but um, very, very, mo you know, there's there's different levels of uh, mobility that we're being requested to research for these projects. A lot of uh, a lot of product, a lot of folks want their their products to be able to um, really be able to reconfigure easy easily because their mission may change. They may have they may have different. You know, again, so many people are teleworking nowadays that you might have hot hot spots and touchdown spaces, which are kind of generic places that people can come, hook up their laptop if you're only there a day or two out of the week. Um, sometimes that's the best use of the space is to make it easy for people to pop in, pop out as they need to, but have that flexibility. So I would say flexibility and reconfigurability are, are a main focus right now, um, especially since, you know, we've, we've all kind of returned to, to the office. Stephanie, I think that's, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I don't think I have anything else. Well, I really think that, uh, it's just amazing. It was so, it was so great to sit down and talk to you about what makes your why, as far as why you're here and why you do what you do. And, and it's very evident that you are very passionate about what you do. Um, <laughs> And I just want to thank you for, for being willing to do the interview in the first place. I so. really appreciate the opportunity. I do. I, it's, it's, it's fun for me to talk about, you know, who we are, what we do, and why we do it. And I appreciate the platform to do that. Well, thank you very much for, for talking to me about interior design because, I, like I said, I had no idea. And it's just fascinating that, that we have that, that, that position in the, in the Corps of Engineers. Um, it's like you learn something new about the core every day and, and there's so much going on, yes. you know, and it, it's great that we have people all around the country, especially here. And I know you said little Huntsville, Alabama, but I think, <laughs> I think the last time it's I growing, was in, isn't it? I mean, it, this place has grown so much since I was in here. Oh, back it's in so much fun. It's so much fun. 2006, you know, in what? 2007. Yeah. What a cool, you know, it's, it's full of, where else can you live? That's full of actual rocket scientists. You know what I mean? You got engineers all around you. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a fun place. And I was actually born right up the road in Rainsville. Oh, really? So yeah, not too far from here. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I mean, I didn't really grow up, grow up here, but, um, but I was born right up the road. So it's interesting, you know, to see all the mountains, too, yeah. coming from the, the southwest. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for joining us for Corestruction. Corestruction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. 
This episode of Construction was brought to you by the U.S. Army Engineering and Support Center in Huntsville. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.